Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and very, very excited this week. We finally got to watch Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and talk about it. Major, major, major spoiler alert for this. We talk about almost every plot point in depth, so please have seen it before you listen to this because we don't want to ruin it for you. We also watched the fourth episode of Marvel's What If on Disney+, Plus. that's the Doctor Strange episode, and we watched the latest adaptation of Cinderella, which is on Amazon Prime. Major spoilers for all of those things but again really the Shang-Chi spoiler is the most important one. Unfortunately Jackie was unable to join us this week as she's still on vacation but be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion because there are a ton of follow-up points and without further ado here's we're watching what? All right it is actually our one-year anniversary of these roundtable episodes so thank you for joining for this and we have watched some true garbage in this last year and finally I feel like this is a turning point for us because we got to watch Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Thoughts, initial thoughts. Yeah, no, I didn't. I don't think I realized it was our actual one-year anniversary, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it actually is. Um, it's exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is like, you know, kind of perfect because, you know, it's been. Yes. I mean, it was amazing. It was, it was everything. It was so, it was so, so, so fun and such a well-done film. And I, I, mean, I could go on for hours about just the structure of it that I thought was really, really effectively told and really just constructed in a way that, like, I wish more films were especially mm-hmm. when looking at these comic book films where we talk about origin stories and things like that. I yes. just thought it was structurally handled in such a way that was just like, ah, oh. it didn't. And I mean this in the best way possible, but it didn't feel like a Marvel film to me. It felt just like a really wonderful film that fits into the MCU. I'm happy ah. it's there, but it felt better than a lot of Marvel films, at least of late. I felt like it was two halves. And the first half, I agree with you on. The second half was a little more formulaic. Mar- and not in a bad way, but it was just sure. like, okay, once we go into sort of, and again, spoiler alert again, but you know, once we go into the sort of fantasy land, of, I don't even remember what it's called, but that's Uh-oh, when it starts yeah. to be a little, yeah, that's when I was like, okay, all right, we're here. We're, 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 we're doing it. <laughs> we're, we're doing it. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. My question to you is, Do we think that this is benefiting extra from the fact that we have not had a pure origin story in quite a while? Because Black Widow is not quite an origin story. It's more of like a side adventure. We already knew her. You know what I mean? Like, what was the last origin story we had? Was it wasn't Captain Marvel, was it? I think it was. Wow. I think. It must have been. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, I I mean, yes, partially. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But it, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Like, I think it it partially does benefit from that, but I think also it it just pulls out every stop, mm-hmm. everything that while watching it, everything that that every like little thing that was said and done that you know, as a viewer, you kind of go like, oh, I wonder if we'll be able to, if we get to see that, or I hope we'll get to do this or that. They just do it. They do all of it. It was yeah. so just in your face, everything, and like I will say for me. I loved the whole thing. Some of the action sequences got drawn out a little long for my action brain, my, my mm-hmm. non-action brain, I guess, where some yeah, like the yeah. bus sequence was really cool, but I could have cut a few, easily a few minutes out of that and have it had the sure. same effect. Yeah. Didn't get bored, of course, but was more just kind of like, okay, this is like heavy on the action, but the action was filmed in a really kind of cool way too, which was kind of refreshing and different. And I felt, it felt very much like it was paying homage to like Chinese filmmaking, Right, well, which is also, why we watched Hero last week, because right. I, in part because I had already seen it, and I was like, yeah. we have to watch Hero. <laughs> and it made so much, I mean, when I was watching this, I was just like, I was actually really glad I had watched Hero mm-hmm. just just before, because I was like, it was it was the right call, not just because of cast, but it was just such a like, it was so, 
it embodied so much stuff that I felt like I've witnessed in watching mm-hmm. Chinese, especially uh, specifically martial arts films. Yeah. Well, it's specifically like Hong Kong style. Like they yeah. definitely go for the Hong Kong style, like wire work. Yeah. And, and and it's funny because I was like, of course, as per as as is in every Marvel film and most, you know, big budget action film we get these days. There were, of course, things where I was like, oh, special effects there could be better or there could be better. Mm-hmm. But next to none of it had to do with the fighting or any of the action because mm. these people are doing stunts. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's what's really cool about it. I was like, this is I mean, I got to tell you, I was just one of the first thing I said to actually saw it with Jackie, who's oh, good. not here this week. But, you yes. know, we saw it together and I leaned over and I was like, the fact that the whole intro and I and I didn't know at the time that it was going to be a big percentage of the film as well. But the fact that the whole intro intro was just done in Mandarin. Yes. I thought it was yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. Like so, so cool. And so like it it just flowed in a way that I was like, I hope that there's a lot of mainstream audience people sitting in here learning that they can read subtitles just fine. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think that that scares a lot of people away, a lot of mainstream viewers, when you know there's gonna be subtitles and they didn't say it. They didn't they didn't talk about it in any way. And it yeah. was like a lot, it ended up being a lot of a lot of chunks had it. And I yeah. was like, this is fantastic. But that whole intro where we were like kind of going back and finally doing, you know, <laughs> the Mandarin when we whatever like justice and things like that. But like that whole yeah. sequence to where he goes and he meets his mom, like Shang- Shang-Chi's mom, mm-hmm. that whole scene and everything. I was like, I want this movie. Like I want, I want oh, their, yes. I want like, yeah. a pre- I want just a movie about their love story. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so good. Yeah, that is some classic Tony Leung stuff, right? That is in the mood for love. That is, it's just his wheelhouse. And the fact that they did it in a Marvel film, I was like, thank you. Thank you for this. I mean, they were fighting, but dancing. And like, I just thought that scene was so beautiful. It was a sexy fight. Oh, yeah. And I I was just, yeah, it was, it was something else. And then by the time, you know, by the time we, I, I mean, my only complaint during the film was like, when are we getting Michelle Yao? Because I, because I knew she was coming, and it felt like it took a while to get there. But then once we got there, I felt like she was there for a long time, so it was great. <laughs> you know, so I was, what do we do to deserve this? I don't know. But it was I, just, yes. it was, it was really, really wonderful, and it was, it was just so much fun, like emotional, and I don't know. I was a little apprehensive about it because there was a lot of comedy in it. I don't think they took it too far, but I was like, this did feel a little more like. I would say Ant-Man is the closest I've been able to sort of identify as the humor where there's still a lot of heart to it, but there's a lot of comedy. And I also think that San Francisco parallel, you know, kind of speaks to it. But I was like, oh, I really hope Jackie and Matt like, (laughs) because if not, this podcast is over. This would have been the end of everything. (laughs) Like we (laughs) truly would have had to stop. Yeah. I was like, the good news is I actually love Ant-Man. So that's, (laughs) that's some MCU humor that I'm, that I'm here for. So yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm an Aquafina guy and I, I thought she brought a lot of heart and charm to it in a way that I loved. I also really particularly loved that they were just seemingly very platonic friends. I, yeah. I mean, she gave the little look of like, oh, like everywhere, like when he takes his shirt off or whatever, she was like, oh, okay. Sure. Like she didn't, but, yeah. but like other than that, it felt like it was very platonic and just a buddy thing. And I loved that because you never see that. And I hope it stays. I firmly agree up until the very, very, very end scene where they like go into the poor. I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. it, it I, th- I still felt that it was platonic, but I was like, please don't be setting something else up. Please don't be setting something else up. We, it, it is so refreshing to have, you know, platonic characters exist yeah. in a film and competent ones too, right? Yeah. Yeah, you right. know, we, we have plenty of competent female characters in the MCU, but to have one who is not here, not a superhero and is just sort of, bad, although, 
She kind when, of becomes a little something here, okay, and it's like, yes. and she's going to matter, and I love that, you know? Yes, which I'm like, why? Not in a bad way, but it's just, I, to me, it did feel like, a, okay, we need more people of color and women of color to bring along. We're going to elevate this character. And they did it in a very natural and organic way, but it cracked me up when she hits that you know, crazy shot or whatever. Cause I was like, they went, they hobbited, they pulled a hobbit and you know, you do the one giant Uh shot at the, like the person who is not, has no skill at this naturally. Yeah. You know, I guess in the hobbit, the person does have a skill at it, but, but it was just, it was very hobbit-esque to me. And I was like, okay. There were, there were little, um, as is with most modern day fantasy, I think there were, there were little tiny things that were kind of Tolkien-esque that I liked that. I mean, that worked really well for me, you know, but like, talking about giving the 10 rings I, i'm really i guess i'm also excited in a way where i felt like what they did here was that they they really updated and modernized a lot of this for the for the mcu mm-hmm. i will go out right now saying i'm not the most well-versed of every shang chi comic and the you know whatever so i'm not going to sit here and be like oh they did this wrong and that right and whatever yeah you know, obviously they took liberties and they changed things and you know his father and things like that and what which thank kind of you know yeah which like, you know in, Fu Manchu <laughs> Fu, yeah, was Fu Manchu, we, we don't really cannot, need, we yeah, cannot we yeah. do not need that <laughs> yeah you know there's some problematic things with Talo as it appeared in the Marvel verse two and so that they seem to have corrected as, as much as hopefully mm-hmm. uh, here and so I I like what they did here similarly to kind of different reasons but similarly to kind of what i said about black widow with making the family dynamic and stuff with them which is just non-existent in the comics and it just kind of made it Mm -hmm. it just modernized it in a way that kind of like allowed these female characters to be dynamic on their own and everything and not just be caricatures of just women that hate each other because only one woman can be cool right so right i thought they did stuff here that worked in that way while also keeping a lot of the heart there i guess you know, and kind of pushing it forward to a place that, I, like, maybe this will hopefully influence these new Shang-Chi comics and things and mm-hmm. how we see all these characters. And what I love that they did is, you know, I'm always complaining about, oh, you changed this character so much. Like, why not just make a new character, blah, 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 all this, whatever. As far as I know, Aquafina is a brand new character. And she's mm-hmm. about to be a character who matters right. in a way that, like, I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but most characters who have really ended up mattering in these stories in that kind of way usually are from the comics. Like, because they don't, they for some reason don't seem like, you know, they want to ever create new characters. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. I think and it's I love just easier for did. them. Yeah. yeah. But I love that they did instead of just like changing some random character just to have a name that people know. You right. know what I mean? We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. And not in a bad way. We did sort of get that in this, right? We got Razor Fist, right? We got mm-hmm. like our little comic nods here and there. I mean, we got plenty of comic nods here and there. But I, I do think I want to go back to changing the father and the family dynamic thing because I thought this is the best. I don't even want to use the word villain because I, you see where he's coming from. You don't necessarily agree with his methodology, but this was the best opposing force in a Marvel film, I think, since, you know, for OG Loki. Yeah, I was going to say, I I think, you know, I understand kind of the bump on the word villain and then it's, yeah, but it's as a villain lover over here. My favorite thing about a good villain is when you can understand where they're coming from, where it's kind of like, I disagree. You are doing bad things. You are acting in a way that is villainous. Yes. Yes. But I I totally get where you're coming from and I kind of see. And they kind of gave, I'm curious to see what they do with these rings because the fact that the rings called out through through a different through universe <laughs> to get to yes. you know what i mean like to wong for wong to have heard it it's, it's, it's kind of tolkien-esque with the ring thing too and i was kind of like i wondered if the rings 
with the power they give ends up corrupting, you know, and it's giving oh. the long, the long life and giving all the oh. things hmm. and not, not that it has to be that simple, right. but I wonder if we'll kind of, I, I think it'd be really fascinating to start to experiment that with Shang-Chi moving forward. Interesting. Kind of like his, because these rings are so much cooler than I've ever seen the rings ever be in the, I mean, I don't, you know, you just know about the 10 rings organization and the comics and stuff and kind of giving this lore to them that I, I'm sure it's drawing from things that I'm not as familiar with here, mm-hmm. but I just thought they made some, they made them so cool and got so visually pleasing like that. <laughs> the whole, the whole, I got to, you know, the whole fight and everything. But yeah, I was, I was of course crying when, with that showdown and, you know, and then pretty much through the rest of the film. But I got to tell you, as much as I loved him as a villain role, Mm-hmm. But he does have a form of redemption in the film, and I was totally just like falling for him. I it has been a minute where watching a film with baddies and goodies and whatever, I like was rooting so hard for the good guys and ladies in this film mm-hmm. that like by the end, just full spoilers. I know we already said that, but by the time that the demon is destroyed and like because when he was sucking the soul out of that dragon. Yeah, I was like, if they kill this dragon, I'm going to leave. And I was like, yeah. by the time he got destroyed, I even, my dark self, even wanted all of the souls that he had absorbed to go back. Oh, to go bodies. back. Because like, I wanted that. I wanted like the archery master back. I was devastated for someone who had four lines in the film. And devastated. Four great watching. lines. Yeah. Yeah. And his, his, his moments with Aquafino, the looks, all the everything. It was just like, I wanted him back. I needed him back. Oh, see, I mean, there was zero, there were zero moments for me where I thought that they could lose, right? And that is the challenge of a Marvel movie in that, you know, how often do, how often, and and this is the big problem coming off of Endgame is, you know, we've proven that for the most part, there are no stakes. And this is the bigger, bigger problem with a character or a show like Loki showing up, right? Where it's, oh, this is a character who we did have a a valiant ending for. Just kidding. We're going to find a way to keep them alive. Right. yeah, I don't no, want to I, rain on our, our joyous parade of... <laughs> yeah, like I, I figured they would win, but I didn't know if any of the characters, aside from Shang-Chi, would survive. Mm-hmm. And they said if, if he absorbs, you know, the dragon's soul, then we'll have no way of winning. But do they really know that? No. No. Yeah. I thought maybe they would go there. And because like, I was like, this movie just kept pulling punches and like it just kept everything just kept happening. You know, like right. it was just so full that I was like, maybe they will kill this dragon. <laughs> and then we'll find out that they still can beat this thing. But now mm-hmm. dragon's gone. And now maybe Talo is a little more at risk without dragon. I don't know. Or, I just yeah, like, or I thought it was gonna like unlock their powers or yeah, something crazy. Something. Yeah, like you yeah. know. But I, but I just, I was so emotionally connected to so many random characters that were. It was just, and you know, I mean, I, I get very invested in things, but I, I still think it's a mark of good filmmaking. You yeah, know, just at its at its core. When the evil succubusy thing, whatever demon did the, for the a second, when something was the dweller in the darkness. <laughs> did you think it was possibly going to be Fin Fang Boom? I thought for a moment we were going to get a dragon showdown. Yeah. I had hope. I am glad it wasn't because I would not want Fin Fang Foom to have just been brought in into the 11th hour of a film and then killed. Well, I thought you know that, that, I mean? that was the reason but, I thought there might be stakes in that, you know, this, we do know this is leading into a bunch of other stuff. Maybe sure. we don't get a resolution at the end, right? Sure. Like maybe, yeah. it, hey, it did break through. Hey, it did take these people out. But now Shang-Chi has the rings and now we have another movie set up, you know? Yeah. No, that's that's interesting to say that because I, I also wonder if we'll see this dweller again in any sort of flashbacks or anything because 
it's not like a pivotal role, but I, I've, but of Eternals comics I've read, we've seen the Dweller in the Darkness, mm-hmm. and it's something where back when like Atlantis was above water, so oh. way long ago, okay. Eternals and Deviants were fighting, of course, and Deviants were on Earth and whatever, and it, it's part of what caused Atlantis to sink into the ocean. And I know the Didn't Dweller know in the Darkness <laughs> was involved. I mean, it was very a different inc- incantation of like what we saw here. Sure, it was yeah, very yeah. much more bigger and not de- demonic here, but he is like a character like nightmare like a um, like a fear lord or whatever you know mm-hmm. like nightmare we've heard that mentioned a few times i think people were theorizing about wandavision about nightmare being involved but mm-hmm. i wonder if this is that dweller or it's like because they made it very clear to say the dweller in the darkness and it made me wonder if it, is it that entity or not but if it is i wonder if we'll see more because i don't know it's interesting these things kind of i'm wondering if we'll connect at all we have yeah Eternals i coming. I got the sense, and I have much, 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 much less comic knowledge than you do. So not having read a single Eternals comic and not obviously having read a single Shang-Chi comic, but piecing together things, I thought my guess was that this is a general of the Dweller in the Darkness or whatever it is, right? Like this is not the big bad in that at some point we're going to get, oh, actually, like you didn't face the big, big boss one. You faced like their tiny cousin or whatever it is, and we're actually going to get a bigger bad out of it. Cool. It's possible. I'm my. I think my biggest. I don't want to complain about it, but my biggest disappointment of it. And it's not a huge disappointment. Was that we did end up, an, in another battle against faceless, you know, nameless CG creatures, and you know, yes, humans were dying, but the stakes for me become immediately lower when I'm like, oh, this is exploding that. Like, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't care that much. <laughs> no, I could totally see that. Yeah, it gets to a place where you're like, okay, but yeah. any sort of feeling of underwhelmness <laughs> of that i don't know yeah, like, whatever. yeah. i feel like completely outweighed for, by for the me joy anyway, yeah, yeah the whole thing but then also by the ending and everything and the ending scenes were so fun and like the 10 rings and what they're about to become is badass like i mean she was so cool and yeah okay so you know what did you read out of that scene? i it's hard because again we're talking about a character who i felt that she forgave shang chi mm-hmm. in this but yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she did, but I felt like she did. I I, I remember laughing when at, when he showed up and like, oh, he assumed that she sent him the postcard and whatever. And he shows up, and he was like surprised by her reaction. I was just like, well, I mean, you did abandon her. I don't really know why you thought she'd be yeah, like, yeah, hey, why you ever even forget, yeah, brother, yeah, no big deal. But um, but then she like left him for dead, but then came back to save him almost immediately, and then you know, it's but it, but I kind of like that it's left a little disambiguous that we you know we don't know. We know, I know I support her and I like her. I don't know if I can trust that she has the best intentions all around, but I love that. Yeah, I I think a a more specific angle to the question is, I mean, what type of dark organization do we think she's setting up, right? Because she's also been running an illegal fighting ring for years, right? So we know she's morally ambiguous in certain senses. It feels sort of like, what's her face from Falcon Winter Soldier? Yeah. What is her name? Uh, with, oh, man. Um, what's her name? Carly? Carly Morgenthau? No. no. Oh, oh. The blonde. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Agent 13. Um, yeah, yeah in Rock, Steve Rogers is like. <laughs> yeah, why can't I think of her name? I don't know why I can't. Peggy Dan- Carter's? I don't, somebody. Yeah, Sharon Carter. <laughs> I was like, Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. Like, yes. I mean, yeah, Sharon Carter. <laughs> you know, in that, I, I mean, I love the idea that we are entering a world yeah. run by female crime lords. Like, yeah. I am so here for that universe. But I, I mean, I, my 
what I took away from it, again, not having the same comic knowledge you do, that, okay, she's going to be running some sort of dark organization. I mean, she's taking over the Ten Rings, obviously. But, you know, she she's not necessarily going to oppose what Shang-Chi is doing. She's just going to be doing a bunch of nefarious stuff. But I wasn't sure if there were references in that scene to things that I was not aware of. Yeah, no, it's interesting because, you know, I know, like, from what I know in the comics, anyway, just about her fighting ring... Is a uh, uh, it's like a a crime organization that she's trying to have to kind of like rival the father, uh, right? Everyone in the comic, or, yeah. and I did see someone post something online that had mentioned that there was a Madripoor poster up on the wall in that Ooh. place. Okay, which is kind of interesting because Madripoor was so clearly like I mean obviously we see yeah what Sharon Carter is clearly doing. I mean we don't know what she's doing, but we we see that she that's her you know, her stomping grounds right now and she's choosing to keep it that way and whatever mm-hmm. she's doing. So it's interesting to think about what the connection could be. It's also interesting though to think about the fact that Wong comes and frequents this place by breaking the abomination, presumably out of the raft. I, I don't know, but I, yeah. to come just have yeah. fights and whatever and he seems to be friendly with them. But it's like, mm-hmm. this is some illegal underground, not really underground, but you know, fighting thing and yeah. it's just kind of like in like I mean maybe it's not there. illegal so, maybe, it's yeah, maybe it's just not, yeah <laughs> it seems shady you know but, yes yeah questionable but, but practices clearly Wong frequents it you know what I mean and mm-hmm. I kind of love that and we and I I think we already have been kind of told that he Wong will be playing a very pivotal role in this phase I mean he better I be. think He's, I mean, I he is so. I mean, truly just, just doing a, the work for just this a phase delight. just yeah. a total delight and I so I hope he plays a big role. I, I thought I heard someone say that somewhere that it was like in an interview, like Kevin Feige and that Wong will have a substantial, you know. I mean, he role he to seems to here. be sort of the um, herald of people and bringing them together, right? Because we know he's connected yeah. to Doctor Strange. Obviously, um, he's now appeared in Shang Chi. He would be a very logical person to put into uh, Eternals. You know, mm-hmm. it's just he he fits. And also, this is not to insult, but you know, Benedict Wong himself the most of the fame you know he's famous certainly but maybe more uh generous in terms of contract negotiations oh i'm sure yeah yeah Yeah. i think i think a lot of his fame is largely from the mcu at this point you know i think a lot of people that you know obviously he's done plenty of things but i think a lot of people know him from the mcu here now you know so i'm yeah but i'm sure he uh is cheaper than some other stars have been but (laughs) (laughs) but uh i hope maybe that won't last long though and I hope he gets. I mean, he I did see him tweet today, and somebody said, "Oh, it'd be great, you know, if he got a, a what's it called, a Marvel show or something along those lines." And we did see that the Ten Rings would return. They said sure. explicitly the Ten Rings, so maybe we're getting a, a Disney Plus show. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that could be interesting. I would be here for it. I would so be here for it. I also love that. I don't know. I mean, I noticed this and thought it, and then I looked it up after full transparency, mm-hmm. but. In the going into the club, into the fight club, yeah, in those rooms, I was like, okay, there have to be eggs in here because there's oh, yeah, 100. Yeah, I could not, yeah. And one of them was a widow, and she was she was an actress from Black Widow, so I was like, obviously, that was years prior. And this, I think, I don't know what year this exactly is, but the current Marvel stuff is like made it to like 2024, 2023, or something like that. Yeah, this is post, it's uh, definitely after Endgame. Well, it's post-return and everything like that, I think, right? Yeah. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and everyone, yeah, because there's, there's like, stuff about, obviously, they're talking about, yeah, yeah. No, this should be. And so, um, it's, this should be the most modern thing we have, yeah. I would think. Right? I mean, so, and technically speaking, it's probably actually set in the future from where we are. That's what I mean, yeah. It's, like, know, modern, MC, modern day it, yeah. MCU is still, like, yeah. 
ahead of us right now because of the five-year skip. So it's, right. And so anyway, this widow character, obviously, like, who knows what she's been up to, but I thought it was interesting to throw her in there. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I still have hopes that we'll get more about the widows in general. Like, I think it's cool. Like, we're talking about just random shows, you know, that could be happening. Yeah. But I would love to see what they are, what they are all up to. I was kind of surprised and not mad by any by any means, but surprised not to see a, a Julia Louis Louis Dreyfus uh, <laughs> a Val um, situation in this at yeah. all, just because they seem to be really throwing that one out there, you know, and kind of. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because I could see Val trying to essentially, you know, you think about her in, in Captain America: Winter Soldier. I could see with talking about the new Ten Rings organization, I could see that coming across her radar and being like, ooh, <laughs> you know, and yeah. like, trying to, well, trying to talk uh, to, talk to her. <laughs> yeah. This, this needs corroboration, but supposedly, you know, let's guess it's like 2023, 20, yeah. between 2023 and 2025. So a lot of time has passed for the widows. Assuming. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and yeah. so one so, of them randomly has made her way to Macau which, and it's just like, you know, it's just, yeah, which is making that yeah, money. Yeah, but it's just like interesting because I'm I just I like the I like little things like that because I'm like I've I've been I've been thinking about those girls and I want to know. <laughs> yeah, like, are they okay? Like, what well, are you all okay? I wanted I at the end when they do show the Ten Rings training facility again and it's just a bunch of women training. I was like yes, and then they showed some guys and I was like oh fine. I know I was really <laughs> hoping. Like, was think just, about yeah. if the widows joined forces with the Ten Rings and then we just and then, have and then the Dora Milaje dismantle the patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. What if the Dora Milaje get involved and then it's just like I would just I the would whole die. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I want, no, I want that. That would be phenomenal. All right, so I want to talk about the other credit scene with the Ten Rings and Wong and the Beacon to Nowhere or wherever it may be. My first gut reaction was Eternals. Is that, what did you think? I kind of thought that as well a little bit. I'm kind of stuck on this idea that they are interdimensional also mm-hmm. just because they made it a point to to make sure we knew that Talo was like a different universe. Right. Right. Like if you go through this portal. Mm-hmm. You know, Wu was not there. He had been there, but he was not there currently when this dweller was calling to him. And it was calling yes. to him in his dead wife's voice, knowing that the Ten Rings were the thing that would have the power to break him out. Yes. Right? And then while they're in Talo and they're having the fight, and when Shang-Chi actually takes over the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. five of the person, then, you know. Yeah. That's the what they what they say in this post credit scene. That is when Wong and, and Kamataje felt their presence and they were calling. So it, again, it's like calling. You, you know, these things are clearly. So I'm not sure what universe they're from. To be well, honest, I don't know if, if that's, that's going to have something to do with this. If you're saying the Dweller appears in Eternal stuff briefly at some point, right? That would make sense that the Dweller is able to tap into the rings, no matter where they are, because they are from the same material universe, whatever you know, makeup and it doesn't matter where, you know, if they're in a different plane or whatever, if they're in a different plane, it can reach out to them and whoever is wearing them, presumably. And that is how they got a mm-hmm. hold of when Wu. Yeah, no, that, no, totally. And so it's like, thus leading you know, us to Eternals. About, <laughs> right. And that's why, because, you know, I've been, we've been talking, we've mentioned it a few times before, but just kind of talking about like, how is Eternals going to really tie into a lot of, to, like, you know, what, how are they going to really tie into playing a big part in anything? Like what's going to be, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like this, it could be a little bit of a clue and it's, and it, even though Eternals are there, they exist and their function is to protect, to watch over earth and to protect earth from deviance. 
But again, we don't have yet the MCU definition of exactly what a deviant is mm -hmm. and what qualifies as that versus what, you know what I mean? And yeah. Thanos, even though Thanos wasn't attacking Earth only, Thanos was attacking the entire, right. know, every, every the fabric of existence. There are comic origins for him being part deviant and there's things. So it's just this thing where it's like they're going to explain it in a way that's like, why have they not been involved? But we don't know how much deeper they're going to take it and how where they're going to go with any sort of different universes, this and that. And so I'm wondering with these Ten Rings, not not to draw back to Tolkien again, but I just wonder if these Ten Rings are going to end up kind of being something that is kind of in essence of the One Ring type of idea. Mm -hmm. And it's like again, I don't know if not not to simplify it so much as like oh the power this this being will have the power to rule over you know everything as much as hopefully something more creative because we've been there done that yeah you know but i think it's interesting that they made it a point to show us that not only you know i mean captain marvel i get why she's there being consulted if she's out there with the kree all the time and all the aliens and stuff so it's like okay maybe she knows something but it's like wong and you know commentage and stuff like in all the readings on the books like even they have never heard of these things yeah we got the the spiritual and the scientific in the form of bruce so. Yeah, and everyone, like, no one's heard of these things, which is very interesting, and I think that's kind of cool, because they're kind of getting into new ground here, which I'm excited about, because, again, I don't know much, of, again, about the, the Ten Rings, the physical Ten Rings, enough to be able to say, oh, yeah, this is where they're going with it, and that, for me, that's kind of fun, because yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to having more theories about it, and I'm like, ooh, I kind of like this. <laughs> How many Eternals are there? Nine? Oh. I'm trying to count, but like, oh, you mean if they're like one ring for each of them? Maybe there's yeah. ten of them. I mean, we're getting we're getting a little Tolkieny here, but <laughs> no, but maybe there are ten of them. Yeah. Ten. Because I was like, it's a big ass cast. Like that's there's a yeah, lot no, I just, of people. I said, yeah, I said nine off the top of my head, but I was just trying to I trying to count them all in the picture, but I actually don't remember. There are the ten most powerful Eternals, but I don't know if this is just a ranked list. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we're I, but I, I you know also part of this. No, is, but it, is putting on my, you know, filmmaker slash marketing hat and going, okay, well, what's the next movie? <laughs> you know? Oh, okay, but just just to give you a little bit of happiness, when I look at the picture of all of them standing next to each other, there's 10 of them, <gasps> including Ajax, the leader. Um, I, I, yep, yep. This could be a, could be a, a like they yeah, all left I mean, one be... time capsule. <laughs> they left a time and capsule. I gotta tell you, I would be here for it. Because why not? I'm at the point where it's, I, I like the idea that we're going to kind of get into this new, hopefully this new story. Infinity Stones was really exciting to see all that play out when understanding how it's been adapted from the comics. It was like, it was, I liked that. Mm -hmm. but, you know, when we're living in a place now where there is such a thing as, I mean, superhero fatigue a little bit and things like, <laughs> things like yeah. that, you know, it's like, it's kind of nice to think about while well, we could actually get a really fresh story. Yes. You know what that I mean? Rather than a... And I rather than something that's just recycled. I think one point where I slightly differ from you on it, if we're going with this Tolkien thing is that I I didn't get the sense, and I could be wrong, that it was the that the rings themselves are a corrupting power. But I think that the idea that humanity can be corrupted easily because power corrupts, you know, and that it, they do increase your lifespan and that type of thing. To me, my the way I interpreted it is that his greed and follies came from just living a really really long time and having un you know unchallenged power and then once the thing figured out where he was that was a separate thing but i don't you know maybe they can be used to corrupt you but i don't think that wearing them for a really really long time does anything to your chemistry the way that the whatever the one ring did to 
Gollum. Yeah, no, I, I that totally would make sense. I was more just kind of like, I wonder, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, but it could, it could, but clearly they can't be used against you by yeah, yeah. obviously, yeah, and I think, and I think with you, you're right with like you know, humanity is easily corruptible, and it's just kind of you have these things; they're so powerful, and they're giving him everlasting life. Yeah, but he literally took them off and didn't wear them for five, six years because he was in love and decided he can, he wanted to be mortal. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it, but it, I did, the ring wouldn't allow that. I did start <laughs> laughing at one point because I was like, wait a second. If he's a thousand years old, why doesn't he have a kajillion children? And then they were like, oh, he took the rings off. I was like, oh, my God, the rings are male contraception. Right, yeah, I love this so much. Like, if yeah. only, if only we could get more yeah. men to <laughs> take on that responsibility. Yeah. But I was just like, why doesn't he have a kajillion children? <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's funny because they did call him like the, the Great Con or whatever yeah. too, which I know he's been referred to that before in the comics, and it's always been kind of uh, uh, comparing him to Genghis Khan a little bit in ways. But in this like version, I was like watching it, and I was just like, "Huh, I wonder if he was Genghis Khan in this version." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was I. I, mean? I, know, I, was like, I got the I absolutely that was kind of had that thought as well. And then I do we have we have not even talked about the resurgence of one Sir Ben Kingsley. <laughs> I forgot or didn't know he was going to be in this film and so when he I, I don't i think they kept it secret i i thought so too but then maybe by the time like premieres started to happen people but but thankfully for me at least i did not know at all and so I had no idea. when they said something something like basement i was like oh my god it's going to be ben kingsley and mm-hmm. just i thought about rewatching iron man 3 just to see how far we've come but i could not bring myself to do it because i was like you know what i almost Feel that we have redeemed the previous iteration of this almost i still am I'm very upset by it but i i was just like this is a way to turn it around <laughs> yeah i was gonna say rightfully so i i was i had such a yeah watching that i right when i heard the the moaning i was like or whatever he was doing the growling i was like oh my god this is gonna be ben kingsley isn't it and it's funny i was so annoyed at first and i was just like what is what is going on here? like i like ben kingsley fine, yeah yeah i was yeah, just yeah. like I hate that movie so much. Right. And, like, and it's like the characters, you... like, of all the characters. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. why are you reminding us of this? But then this punishment that he's being given for appropriating this man. Yes. <laughs> I thought was so good. Was like, so I just good. thought I was like, so it hit a nail on the head in so many ways that I was just kind of like, and then honestly, he, he provided some of my favorite comedic moments in the oh, film. Oh, absolutely. Like, yes. <laughs> so hard at some of the things. When he was acting dead. Playing dead. Yep. Yep. Like, yep. Just acting. And we haven't even brought up the most important character of the film that I think about very frequently. I, Morris. I, yeah. Like Morris is very, uh, very special to me, and <laughs> you probably I, could have guessed that. <laughs> yes, I. I'm not gonna lie. I loved Morris, but I also resented Morris a little bit. But then I did a little bit of digging, and the, all the almost all the other characters, uh, the sort of fantastical creatures, I vaguely recognized, but I had not ever seen whatever Morris is supposed to be. But then I did see a breakdown that was like, actually it is a reference to a Chinese mythological creature. And I was like, all right, you didn't have to include that one because what's the point. But if you want to sell some toys, that's fine by me at this point, because Morris is and was adorable, even if it didn't have eyeballs. No. Yeah. I was so weird not to have a face, but it was just like, but it was expressive. I just, I loved, I I thought it was so funny when when it was like going in there and they, they're driving in, they finally get to Talo and then looks over and Morris just wanted to go home all this time. And then like looks over and sees like his family. Yeah. It's like with the wings up and like wave it. (laughs) I was like, oh, Morris. Yes. 
I didn't think they would be this cruel, but I thought that I was worried Morris would die, and it was just I just I got worried. I got I, yeah, I got yeah, really no, I, I mean I, I too like, worried for Morris. worried for Morris, and well, I thought well, that maybe they'd kill Ben Kingsley off, so they don't have to ever deal with him again. Yeah, <laughs> yes, but then I was sad for Morris, being like, oh god, because they're you know yeah. they're buddies, they, you know, but uh, but yeah, it just brought a a nice I don't know, it was it was it was fun, but it also served to kind of like redeem this character that maybe we didn't need redeemed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, so I could see it either way where it's kind of like, oh, now we're like, we're back to like, oh, and you know, I, I was actually really going to be sad if he died and all this, whatever. But like, really, this man is awful. So like, no, but I, I you know. do think it speaks to how skilled the filmmakers were in that they took yeah. this thing, this character who absolutely symbolized the worst possible decisions they could have made around the Mandarin. And they made it into somebody who we cared what happened to them. <laughs> yeah. Who was um, also so stupid. Yes. Like, you and, know what I mean? Like, that, and that's, and. But, yeah. but as like an Asian person, just, com- I completely resented that, right? It was like the, yeah. the worst form of not even representation. And the, they brought it back. They, they, they fixed it. They fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. They went back and they did, they did what they could. And I think they did it well. Yeah. I was laughing so hard at that stupid Planet of the Apes conversation. Because <laughs> 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 I was like, wait. I'm actually relating because I, I at first when he's telling it, I have a similar story to my deciding what I wanted to do with my life because of Jurassic Park. You a wanted very to be a dinosaur? Similar experience. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it was like when he first started telling the story and talking about going to the theater, I was like, oh, I'm relating to this so hardcore. Yeah. And he was like, you know, it was, it's, and that he's like, well, when I knew I wanted to be an actor. And I was like, I don't want to be an actor, but I knew I wanted to be some sort of filmmaker mm-hmm. back then. And it was because Jurassic Park and learning, because I was confused about, I mean, it sounds so dumb, but I was six, but I was there opening day with my sister and my dad and my mom. And I just remember coming out of that and being so obsessed with dinosaurs at the time and just confused with how, like how, 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 because it looked so incredibly real to me, Yeah, you know, and it still does. Whereas, you know, when I watched other films I loved as a kid and Star Wars and all the things I was into, you know, I knew they were fake, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, they don't, it's not they look terrible, but I knew it. But Jurassic Park, I like had to ask the question. So when he was going into that with Planet of the Apes and he had to ask the question of blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my God, I'm relating to this. And then he was, and we took it to the level he took it. I was like laughing really hard because I was like, this is so stupid. I was so, it was so <laughs> but, I love, again, I love that it was punctuated by these humor moments. It had amazing action. I'll forgive the throwaway villains for the most part. You know, it had Tony Leung, like, come on. And Michelle, yeah. I could, I mean, we could talk about this movie forever because I will just really, like yeah. the, the, the Michelle Yeoh, Simu fight. Mm. I was just like, this is so good. This is so good. I had I didn't talk about it too much, but in the just in the I really love her, but in the trailer, I remember the moment when she, in that yellow and everything when she starts doing her little thing, whatever. Yeah. And I just remember in the trailer being like, "I'm gonna love that, whatever the hell that is." I'm yeah, gonna love I don't it. know what happened, but I was gonna. I loved it. I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna love it. And it it was just so pretty, and and that I that I think is what not that hero is the only thing that ever did it, but it's like I think that's what I was like. God, I'm so glad I just watched Hero and thinking about you know you think about that beautiful fight in the leaves mm-hmm. and stuff and Hero and. And all that, and I, I thought this was so uh, similar, in yeah. A, in a but like but different in like its own thing. But it was. So but, I mean, it, it clearly just drew influence, and it's funny because when we talked about yeah. Hero, you were talking about the like some of the visual effects, and you know, there's that water fight in Hero, which is mm-hmm. a, a tiny bit dated, but I was still like, for what the time was, it was a pretty impressive oh, yeah. visual effect. And then in this, there's so many water effects, and I was like, well, 
And again, I had not remembered Hero when I said we should rewatch it. And so I was like, oh, yeah, this worked out on so many different levels. (laughs) They clearly clearly rewatched Hero before they were like, yeah, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." yeah, Yeah, I mean, it it left me. I didn't want it to end, but I thought the way it ended, I thought it felt very complete and pretty perfect in that way like where it's just like, I didn't feel like oh my god you didn't do this or didn't do that it just it just it did so much it felt like it I thought it was longer than it was too and not and not in a bad way it yeah. wasn't like a bored thing but I was surprised to learn it wasn't 240 because I felt like it was so full no it was like 215 or something like that right yeah, yeah. I just feel like they accomplished so much in this one well, yeah. it was just it was so full I think they <laughs> it's just, I loved it they really trusted their audience also in the beginning yeah. and didn't over explain stuff and they set they set up very clear characters very very early yeah and for me especially i was like i as a asian american 100 like i'm you know i'm sure you got plenty out of it but if these micro moments flesh these characters out so much more for me right that what the grandma says i was like are you a couple you know (laughs) just the way they interact the mom being (laughs) just all the like parents jokes this film is all about parent problems i was like oh i so feel this i so feel this the the karaoke stuff it was just it was all clearly made by asian americans (laughs) yeah I love I love that I'm happy because it but it all it just goes to show that it it transcends make though. something yeah. yeah you can make something that is very authentic and means a lot to a set of people yeah and have it transcend and like and then people can enjoy it and they just like not everything has to be white yeah. like, imagine I, that you I know? was trying to like, think back and I was like aside from Razor Fist I don't think there are white people in the movie for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it's like Ben Kingsley and Razor Fist. But Ben Kingsley's like the, technically the East Asian. Yeah. He's Indian. Like, yeah. 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 Which was. And I think, right. Yeah, Razor Fist was. I mean, there's, you know, incidental characters. Sure, know, sure, sure. But yeah, people that have like speaking lines. That yeah, matter. I was just like, <laughs> you know. wow, I feel I fit into this movie. It was it was just it was yeah. very refreshing for me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's a shame it took this long. I know. But I think that this is a film that. I think it's all the better for it still within this MCU where I'm like, if we got this 10 years ago, I think we would have had Fu Manchu. Mm-hmm. I think we would have had, like, I, I think, agree. Yep. you know what I mean? So I'm glad that for the time it took for them to wake up and do something like this, I'm glad that they did it correctly Agreed. in a way that was thoughtful and everything. And I mentioned the structure at the beginning of this talk and I was just like, the thing that I loved about that so much was really how in this, again, this world where we just keep getting these origin stories and stuff, they didn't like waste time being a very average writer, mm-hmm. I think would have written this film in these two parts and it would have been showing us the child and teen years and then it would have showed us adult years. Yeah. And it would have dragged. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It would have been fine. We would have accepted it, but it would have dragged. But the way they wove it the back and forth, back and forth, never had to say, I don't think they were saying like, this many years later, this many, maybe they were. No, I, I, I mean, they, but I feel like it wasn't. They, but they, they did it through the dialogue. They did it like, yeah, they did it through dialogue, right? but like, they did it in a way that worked. And then we see the actors and stuff. And it just was, you do, you get to a point where, okay, we see a little bit about them. They were giving you exactly what you needed in order to care about who's on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then they would drop things. And I remember at one point thinking like decent, a decent way into the film, they kept on mentioning, you know, the mother was killed. And I was like, did they say when that happened and how that happened? Did I like completely miss this? And then it and then it showed it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just didn't need to know the circumstances of it yet. Mm-hmm. It and was so yeah. 
they told me when it was, it was more time impactful to know. If you knew later, and it was yeah. way more impactful because then I was like, oh god, this is the scene. This is going to be the scene. Yeah, and it's like you know, and it was sad and everything. And the child actor was amazing. Yes, and it just—I don't know—it just—it was done in such a way that I was like, this was. They built it to make it flow so well, and I don't think there was ever a point where it just started dragging and story wasn't up. You know, progressing. Yeah, yeah. It was always moving forward. They never belabored a point too far because, like, I think one of my favorite transitions was when you know he's telling the story of training and all this stuff, and then the flight attendant interrupts and is like, "Chicken, you know, vegetarian or beef?" And it was just, it was just such a great breaking of that moment to like pause us right and take us to back to the present. And break up this like really heavy moment. And so we're not sitting there being like, okay, we get it. You had a horrible so childhood. Serious. Yeah. And right, then, you right. know, you got this comedy moment and then we go back to yeah. it. We get the joke about the name. And I, I, was, I was just like, over that. yeah. She I, goes, oh, no, no wonder your dad found you. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, <laughs> but again, again, this was, it's such uh. a, a cultural thing for me too, or like, you know, because a lot of people I, I know, I have a pretty white name, but every once in a while, you know, my sister has a pretty white name as well, but sometimes people don't understand it. So she uses an even whiter name because yeah. sometimes people just don't get it. And it's like, do I have this battle at Starbucks or do I just say my name do is Sean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just like, yeah. oh, it's so perfect. Yeah. It works so no, I well. Loved that. I loved that. And then I, and then I thought it was interesting that on the flip side, we had Aquafina's character, who was, I believe, Katie, right? Yeah. Where it was, she was just Katie. I, yes. You I know? had some questions, though, because early on, she says she does not speak Chinese well, if at all. And then well, yeah. <laughs> when they get to Talo, like, Talo she yeah. suddenly understands everyone. I was like, I get that it's a magical place, but... Well, there were a couple that I think she was not understanding, and then there was the guy talking to her, and it was the... the um, because there was a couple, there were a couple jokes in there. I thought about her still not understanding things, but maybe I was wrong. No, there, there then, are some, there but it's moments like where it seemed like she did. Where she clearly, yeah. I was like, she, she had to understand. But then there were moments like where it yeah. seemed like, like he's all when he's like, don't. No, he said, don't die in English, maybe, but I don't remember. But there were some where, yeah, it was very like I'd seen like she was hearing what they were saying. Yeah. I was like, are we, are we to believe that like? Is this like a magical translating? You know, like, yeah. 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 He watched like Tarzan, you know, Tarzan speaking gorilla. And when he's speaking to gorilla to the gorillas, we're like hearing it as English. Yeah. That's or I, like, I like could Atlantis not. Does it. But like, that I, was, I, I was that was to me again. And this is speaks to like the cultural thing. Yeah. I was like, I like that she's an American who doesn't, you know, she's not yeah. as Asian. And then, <laughs> but then I was like, wait a second. Like, how does she understand what they're saying? Like, yeah. Right. She doesn't have subtitles. What's going on no, right totally. now? But, <laughs> yeah. But again, totally. totally willing to overlook any of right, that for, right. but yeah but yeah no i thought that was great because it's again if you get to that point of we talk about representation on here a fair amount and we should always i think it's easy for white people to look at representation in such a way that's so in a box mm-hmm. that's just kind of like oh well that movie had a black person and the person was nominated yeah it's like okay yeah we that movie it. had we a black had one black person who played a slave and got nominated yeah. and then you think that that means it's representation and it's like oh yeah see there's roles and it's like no and I like that it is, it's obviously such, there's so much diversity within a marginalized group mm-hmm. in itself too. And it's kind of cool, not that this just did everything, but I don't know, it was kind of cool to see he had become very Americanized, but he wasn't from America. Right. She seemed to have been born in America. And then his sister had never been to America as far as I know. Yeah. Or like, it's clearly not grown up there. Yeah. And then we're following these three very closely. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Because it's like that kind of covers, even though obviously there were in fantastical uh, circumstances here, it kind of covers three major experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. You know, and thoughtful. 
I it made me think, and I was like, oh my god, do we have other? Did we have we had other Asian characters in the Marvel universe? And I was like, aside from Wong, I couldn't yeah. think of any. Oh, and uh, Randall Park's um, yeah investigator dude. Uh-huh. But I was just like, um, ooh, yeah, God, is there? Is I don't there think there is. Movie? Oh, you know, one of the Thor buddies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I forget which one it was, but yeah, he was, <laughs> which is he was mm, I don't count there. that. I mean, I count it, but I don't count it. I'm glad they did it, but yeah, it's not it didn't. Like, it didn't you know, help anything. Yeah, yeah, it was nice that not everybody in Asgard was just white, but it, but they still were mostly white. Yeah, but it was like you know. Yeah, but, but yeah, I'm glad they did but it. But it, 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 and yeah. then I was thinking about it in the context of okay, well, you know, it took Black Panther, and now we get the Dormelage in a lots of things. So it, it takes something to break through it, and I'm glad. It, you know, I'm sad it took this long to get to this, but at least we finally have that moment, right? And we've seen also it's a box office success. You can't be like, well, they don't like the Asian movies, you know, so I'm right. I'm just, I'm so happy about it. I'm so happy. Well, I was so worried for that reason that oh. it wouldn't be a success and then beyond, and then also for the most selfish reasons of like, Eternals. I don't want this to affect Eternals yeah. and other things. You know what I mean? I want things to continue. Well, happening. not, a, I mean, I, I assume it's a byproduct of it, a, a direct correlation, but you know, uh, Carnage, Venom, Carnage moved up two weeks yeah yeah and I, that I was just like oh i don't think i worry that delta isn't gonna that the window will have closed by then yeah and it won't make a difference that's so true but yeah I hope, also but... i don't think people care as much about <laughs> Venom right. than they do. <laughs> i mean I, I will say Sorry. i will say i don't want to be too shady but i've seen the trailer a fair amount of times now and i in, in this film watching this film yeah like, that trailer was on it and I just leaned over to Jackie and I was like, you know what's like really hard is life as a Tom Hardy fan. <laughs> it's hard. I really, really, really love Tom Hardy. I really do. And yeah, he makes it really, actor. really hard. Yeah. He makes it hard for me. Mm-hmm. There's he does some he does some things that, that are just like I <laughs> I don't think Venom is his fault. I No, no, no. Yeah. But I just want him to, I just I like it's not that I think it's not that I blame him for really any of it, for mm-hmm. most of it. It's more I like him and I want him in my eyes. I want to watch things he's in. Yeah. But I, I so often can't stand the things he's in. Did <laughs> but you, I'm like, what? Did you watch you Capone? You know, I did. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, then we don't. I will. That's that, all I know, will. That's all point. we will say on that. Case in point. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't even think I have to ask if we would recommend this film. <laughs> I think the only thing I have to ask is how many times have you seen it so far? Chuck, I've only seen it twice. Okay. And I want to see it more. Yeah. I'm excited to go again. Uh, but yeah. I would have, uh, you know. Well, I mean, we're, we're still in the opening this. weekend window as we are recording this. So it's Yeah, not but you like, know me. Like, I'm like a yeah, yeah, serial yeah. rewatcher. But I, as much as like, and it's and it begs, it's a wonderful theater experience. So if you have been holding out and you feel safe enough to maybe go to one, this is the movie to do it for. And. It's, it's just wonderful. I noticed it's playing at drive-ins because I went. Uh, oh. Yeah. So it's not playing on Disney Plus, but at least there are some drive-ins. that. So if you feel more comfortable doing that, see if you have. If you have that accessible to you, yeah, you know, do that. Yeah, because that's awesome. Yeah, and I, but I was gonna say, I, I, I've, we've gotten spoiled with digital the digital release mm-hmm. things where like I'm over here and I'm always I'm a proponent for like I want I want movie theaters to live, so I'll I'll forego the digital experience to have it. Yeah, but I also found myself very kind of like I would have probably come home and paid the, the stupid thirty dollars and added to watch it at home. So I yeah, so like you know they would have gotten more money out of me, but. They're still going to get yeah, more so money out of you. Let's be honest. They're, they're <laughs> going to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But even, I, I, I mean, I have been to one movie theater in the last 
what are we at 18 19 months at this point yeah and then went to see shang chi in the theater because i and i going back i was like ah yes this is a theater movie like this is unequivocally a theater movie cannot argue with it you know you kind of get reminded of the theater experience a bit in a way like regardless of what movie you choose to go to when you go back but then something when it's like this on such an epic scale it's kind of like okay this is I think that's what they said about the Star Wars movies when they got re-released in the late 90s. It was like three reasons why movie theaters were built, right? It was like, yeah. this kind of movie is, this is why we have movie theaters. Yes. And so. I agree. I've, I, again, but I, I, you know, people, res- I respect people's commitment to whatever safety level that they are comfortable at. But if you can and you want to, go see this movie. If you haven't already. Actually, I hope you've already seen it because if you've listened this far, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we've like, if you listen this whole far, uh, movie for you. Go see it go again. See, <laughs> so go see it. I mean, yeah, like, and you, and I, I know we're wrapping it up a little here, but you were not wrong in the comparison to Tony Leung's character in this to the Loki. Yeah. You know, original uh, original iteration of Loki here with Tom Hiddleston. And yeah, when he stopped like phoning, before he phoned it in. Yeah, and it's like in that, but also the structure of a film that gives as much attention to its adversary as mm-hmm. it does its protagonist and kind of splits it a little bit where it's like, we're going to make damn sure you care about this person yeah. by the end of this film. Yeah. And for Loki, it was to build the bigger things. And for this, it seemingly wasn't. But I know. it still built, uh, it still did a hell of a lot to build the emotion over the whole thing and also build both Shang-Chi and his sister's character. Yeah. And I can't think of her name in the film because it's different than the comics. I'm trying to think of it. but it's, Oh, <laughs> isn't it? What? No. Um, when Wu. Uh, no, no, no. Xu uh, Xiaoling. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so like, it goes to build their characters, you yeah. know what I mean, and like, and, and we really we we just understand so much but, more about them as a byproduct, yes. and and we'll so understand still, like in mm-hmm. shorthand, you know, whatever is going to happen with the Ten Rings and her. Yeah, and now seeing whatever yeah her organization and what yeah whatever it's going to be and how it's going to function and and how that will be directly a result of how her father's functioned, whether it's let me do what he was doing but better, yeah, or let me do the opposite of what he was doing because he was trash. Like, you know, <laughs> no, I think her. it's going to so be anything like, you can do. I can do better. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. One can hope. One can hope. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, do we want to do, let's skip what if, I mean, what if was terrible, but. Oh, God, Dana, I hated it. I, hated I was so it mad. so much. Okay. Let's talk I about what so if. I was so mad. Let's. Okay. We can do yeah. it quick. Well, we're just well, like, let's do like of, five minutes. Yeah. It's five minutes on it. Unfortunately, I guess it's it's only appropriate that at our year mark, we, we had a, a, one of our truly highest highs. And then we have two very low lows, and we'll start with one that is almost more disappointing because a character I love is in it, in that the latest episode of What If, and it may be my last episode of What If, the Doctor Strange one, I was just like, for for everything I loved about Shang-Chi, I hated everything about this episode of What If. I'm back to just, but why? That's the show show title. It's just... I, again, I I know I bumped on it a little. I liked last week's episode okay, and I know I bumped on this there too, but I get really hung up on the like the what ifness of it. And Whoa. this just like right off the bat was like, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? But what made you didn't you didn't go into the like what how why that happened? Right. It's like it's, yeah. Why was she why'd she go? You changed the circumstances around it was a completely different that universe. Night. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like this wasn't even so it wasn't like something you didn't show us what happened to change that thing to where she was going with him to this event. Right. And then when he did the crash and it was the same I watched that movie pretty frequently, let me tell you, and it was the same car crash and he came out with some cuts and bruises. Okay, so I, I don't watch dead. it frequently and it's so she's in that car crash with him? 
No. Okay. She, but she didn't go with him to the event in, in the movie. So that's why right. I'm like, you changed okay. the circumstance yeah, of the okay. movie. Glad, and I'm... then just her being in the car makes it so he doesn't get hurt and she dies. Right. I'm sort of glad, but also not glad we're talking about it because it is so bad that we are talking about it. <laughs> I think my other, my biggest frustration with it is that they started to set up the what if premise, right? Where it's like, okay, we're in these like, as you know, multiple universes and branches of this timeline. But as you said, they did not establish how we got to the point in that universe that this thing happened. Right. They had to, they didn't set up the circumstances beforehand. And then they started breaking their own rules on continuity and all this stuff. And you've already yeah. got Loki doing all this stuff. You've already got WandaVision to a degree doing it. I assume Multiverse of Madness is. And at this point, I'm like, what am I meant to believe is the, like, yeah. what, what do you want me to pay attention to? Because it better not be this. Also, the animation <laughs> is just so bad. <laughs> Dreadful. The lip sync was so the yeah. character design and the voice acting is just except for Wong, mm. he gets a pass. He was actually fine, you know. But yeah, and, I, and this one they actually got the four mains back, which I thought was interesting. yeah. I oof, Benedict Cumberbatch is not a good voice actor for this at least. No, there no emotion or anything. It was just like woof. But yeah, it just goes back to like what what's the point of this? Like why like none of this? You didn't show us the event that changed this. You mm -hmm. showed us what happened when she happened to be in the car, and for some reason again. His body doesn't break. And just tiny little recap of the film. When he gets so injured and he's hospital, not, he loses his, he can't use yeah, his, his hands anymore. Yeah, his dexterity, right. And he goes crazy. She's taking care of him. They have a history, but they're not dating anymore. Right. And she's like taking care of him. He's a complete asshole. He's a terrible human. And right. he's mean to her. She, fuck you, she leaves. Yeah. Whatever. And he goes, he finds, he meets this guy who healed his body at, at Comitage. So yeah. he goes to Benjamin try to find Benjamin Bratt, right? And that, yeah. And so that's how, <laughs> he, that's how he goes to find it because he's trying to heal his body. Right. And Tilda and this explains away with the whole kind of like, oh, you know, because your heart was so broken and blah, blah, you had to, you were seeking spiritual answers. And it was like, I don't buy it. I don't buy this character. Would go to seek, like, yeah, seek how to this doctor revive in science and doesn't believe in magic. Agreed. 100% agreed. This is so stupid. And then you're, and then you go through and he goes through the whole first film, all the same stuff, but he becomes Sorcerer Supreme because she also, Angel One dies in the film too. Everything. It's like, <laughs> so the whole movie happened the same. Well, and then now he wants to go back and bring okay, his, his, so maybe, his lover back. Okay. So maybe here's my question then. Does this take place after the movie then? Is that what they're setting up as a premise in that they have like, Maybe. because then he has, it feels like, no, you're right. Cause they say he goes to Carmitage because of this. Yeah. It's like, and they say, cause it shows the accident and when he, nope. yeah, yep. like, and that it, instead of breaking his hands, he breaks, his heart gets broken. It's like, oh my God. And yeah, it was just dumb. And then, then the only thing that I found at all interesting that may matter in the MCU mm -hmm. to me anyway was when Ancient One and him are talking about he's Fix, trying to go back points. and change and whatever. And she yeah. talks about the fixed point where it's kind right. of like you can't. And I liked that idea. But then I, the whole time I was bumping on it because I was like, yeah, except clearly in a different universe, she didn't die and he still became Doctor Strange. So clearly she didn't have to die for him to become Doctor Strange. Right. So, but, so maybe it's so like so a I thought it was stupid. in their timeline. But then also. In their timeline. In, yeah. in Loki, you know, we've also got this thing about Nexus events. Which feels like a synonym in some senses for fixed points. And I'm just like, pick a language and stick to it. Like, And yes. if they're not the same thing, like, please make it different. We don't need, I don't know. I, I've talked about it before. I just, I, time travel and things like this, I'm so frustrated by because it's so hard to do right. And the fact that they have yeah. multiple ones going on that do not seem to be cohesively leading towards the same thing 
is very disconcerting to me. Or same. if they are, I'll be more upset if they did lead to the same thing. That's actually what I right. will like. Because they're like, you like need to watch what if, but yeah, this is, I'm, I'm out. I'm not going to watch the zombie one. I cannot, I cannot. Is that next? Yeah. yeah, that's next. I can't. I didn't even like the Marvel zombie comics and I'm very unpopular for that. So I can't imagine. I would like this I, episode. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, uh, you know, mm. yeah, we can't, I can't. Yeah. I'm done. I didn't, you know, I liked the movie enough to where I didn't think that this would be the episode that cast me out, but I, I, I feel pretty, I feel pretty, pretty over it. I don't think I was ever under it, but I feel pretty like especially over it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, sorry, my dog's barking. Yeah, I think we're we are going to move on from Marvel because we will leave Marvel still praising Shang Chi. Just Go to another magical universe. Going, yeah. But uh, I was so angry that this is in the same week as Shang Chi, but. <laughs> Cinderella on the Amazon. What did you think? If you say you well, love this podcast right now, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fantastic. No, I really, really hated it. I, I, I was just again, but why this story has just been told so many times, mm-hmm. and I find it interesting because it's not a particularly, um, it's not a particularly like women like woman empowerment, very empowering story for young women, like in general, like the yeah. real story. Yeah. And they keep on it's like they, these remakes happen and they just think like, oh, we're gonna turn this into something empowering. And it never ends up feeling that way to me. In this version, you know, they change things clearly, but it was <laughs> but but just kind of like ever after where she meets the prince first and this and that, whatever. But then they did this like Aladdin thing and this, and it was all just just whatever. Oh, yes. Yeah, but, it's like Aladdin thing. But, but again, yeah. it was like the whole explaining. And then it's leaving the ball. And it was like, okay, but actually to get away so no one else saw her and everything as as it's who she her. really was yeah. before the spell broke. And then it was like she wouldn't be with him for reasons that didn't seem super clear to me, except for that she didn't want to be royalty, I guess. But it's like, and then like the stepmother, when finding out it was her at the ball, was like urging her to get married to him. Mm-hmm. It was just this weird, like you're trying to turn this. And then, and then the stepmother had redemption, which I don't think was deserved. And I just was like, you are trying so hard to mm-hmm. make this feminist approved and it's just not. The story is just not. I'm sorry. Like just. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, just, I completely agree. Well, I, I mean, I do think we and we have talked about Ever After on this yeah. podcast. And I do think that that is the it's closer, right, to being pro-feminist. Mm-hmm. And then this movie aggressively reminded me of Ella Enchanted. Which is kind of a little, you know, but, and not only that, it's also a jukebox musical. Yeah. It also uses somebody to love. It also has Mini Driver in it. And that one, to its credit, I do feel like is much more pro-feminist. It's not the most, but right. I, I just also, I don't know a lot about Camila Cabello. She cannot act. She, okay, I'll rephrase. She cannot yeah. sing act, which yeah. is something you need to be able to do in a movie musical. Yeah. I liked that it wasn't just another white Cinderella. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I like Camila Cabello as much as the next, you know, 15-year-old girl does. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not you know, sure I've, she's, I've she's a fine singer, right? Whatever, like that's, but, that's a separate. Yeah. But we live in this world again where we just decide that if you can sing, it must mean you can and should be able to act and vice versa. It's just like it's a lot. And, you well, know, and it just wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. But honestly... I didn't think anyone was very good, and it was well. It was but, but here's like, the thing: you cannot put you cannot put her up against a Billy Porter and an Adina Menzel who can sing and sort of act. You know, I mean, they can sing and act, obviously, but they yeah. they have the theatrical background. But then you've also got like Pierce Brosnan and Minnie Driver who cannot sing. <laughs> they can act fine, but they can. And the, the main guy can't even sing, 
Borat. I was very confused about him. Yeah. yeah. It's very confused about I was, him. I was I like, just, why? Why? This movie was why? so upsetting and bad. And this is, you know, putting my representation lens on, having reviewed it in the same week as friggin' Shang-Chi. No Asian people in it. There's like a couple black I characters. Saw, yeah. Like, yeah, but no. but uh, no, no speaking Asians. I thought about that because I was like, again, we've talked about this, but we think of representation as white and black. Mm -hmm. And by we, I mean like the people making these films. Right. Because it's like, I, because I don't understand how that doesn't register to people. Like that it's like, you just think everything's white and black and it's like whatever. And then, or Hispanic, you know what I mean? Yeah. But Asian representation just gets so pushed to the side and anything. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah, or or it has to be the focus of the film, you know, and and right. not to discredit Chang Chi, but it's like, yeah, of course they did that because that's the world they're inhabiting. But and and same with like yeah. a crazy rich Asians. But I want the world where like there's just random Asian characters who are just random Asian yeah. characters, you know. Well, and even in, and even when when equating it back to the MCU, you know, like yeah, it was great we got Wong, but we got Wong in a movie where they did whitewash a very prominent Asian character. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean, and 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 about a character who. Maybe could have been Asian in the comics. Should have been. Should have been. <laughs> you know, like the um, Tibetan in the comics. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like it's like, well, no, I mean, I mean, um, a character. I, I mean, Doctor Strange himself. You know what I mean? Like, oh. Hmm. When you go back to the comics and you look at these things, there are comics like that, and we Iron Fist. You know, so mm -hmm. whatever. Where we, they are written in a way where they involve different different uh, Asian cultures and things like that, but mm -hmm. it involves a white man coming in as the savior. Right. We look at those comics, it's like, oh, it's great that they included these stories and characters and blah, 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 but we're still having to follow a white protagonist right. when maybe we didn't need to do that. True, you know? true, yep. Anyway, pull aside, but I just yep. mean like, yeah, so even when you look at something like that and you look at like, say, Shang-Chi, it's like, oh, it's great. But the representation we've gotten up until this moment, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, except for, you know, Jimmy Woo, it's, it's, it's all or nothing. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Asian, and yeah. it's just not fair, you know, or logical or right or anything. Like, so, you know, when you look at this, it was like, I saw that where I was like, this was a colorful cast and there mm -hmm. still weren't black people. Yeah. And it was also, I mean, uh, maybe it's yeah, good it because was... that they didn't, they didn't have to be in this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm happy for them all actually. Yeah, like, like they, I am not, I'm not happy for anyone. In this yeah. Film. They dodged a bullet here. Like, yeah. And I, 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 Oof, it was hard for me. I knew it was like a jukebox musical style thing. I um, did not. <laughs> I guess I only knew because maybe I didn't. I don't Or maybe I assumed that there was singing because it's like you had Adina Menzel and you had Camila Cabello, who is a singer. It's, so maybe I just assumed they were singing in it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I assumed it was a musical. I just thought it was maybe I didn't know it was original. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure I would have liked it more if it was original. I think I, I think at the very least, at least there were some songs that I was like, oh, I like this song, even though I didn't like it in the movie. But I got to tell you, starting out and just... Having these villagers around there singing Rhythm Nation, oh, it's really hard for me. Janet deserves better. I don't know if everyone knows I'm a big Janet fan here, but I that was really hard for me. I was like, Janet, this is not going to be mean, a good Janet, film. It doesn't matter if you're a big fan or not a big fan. Janet deserves better than... Oh my God, so much better. And then why why, is, why was this allowed? I, 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 that was my other thing, but I was like, Amazon money. Questions. That's the answer. Yeah, I think it is, but is nothing sacred? I don't no. know. I have questions, and I, I just thought this was a disaster, and I'm like, Again, of course, James Gordon was in it, and I, he's like the only one who fit. It was just kind of like, yeah, this makes sense too. Yeah, but and as a producer, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, this this all tracks. This, this tracks. But, this tracks. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was like because those mice. I mean, they might have been, they might as well have been the mice and cats on this point on. It's just like this is this is not good. I liked the mice um, and cats, but I like cats better as a film. <laughs> cats is at least entertaining. Yeah, this was I had a, a great lot. time. At cats. It, this I this the, I hated every moment of. 
Yeah. No, in the first 10 minutes, getting through the first opening number and all this whatever and watching the story start and the tea and what's Cinderella making the tea for the, you know, and I was just like, oh my God. And I, I really do like Ever After a lot. And I like the original Disney Cinderella animation, you know, animated one quite a bit. Like, but I'm like, ooh, I'm going to be pretty good if I don't have to watch a Cinderella movie for a very long time. Because mm-hmm. I think I've, I've watched four this year. Because I've, yeah, because I've watched the Disney one this year, but we watched Ever After. I think that was this year. We watched Brandy and Whitney. Oh, yeah. And now we watch this. This is our third time talking about a Cinderella film, and I know I've watched the animated one, so it's a thing where I'm like, I have watched too much Cinderella this year. I'm done. Oh, I legitimately forgot that we watched the Brandy one. I feel bad about that. Yeah. I'm just, I just, I'm just capped out. Like, it's just yeah, kind of, I've yeah. capped out here. It's like, it's like I've reached my limit of this story. Well, yeah. And the subtle little changes you make, I don't care. The, the Brandy <laughs> one is a good example, though, of one that I'm like, okay, just lean into it. Just lean into mm-hmm. the inherent misogyny of the story. Um, it doesn't lean into it, but I feel like it doesn't, it just is, no, right? I would take that one over this one any day. Any day. Any, any day. Any day. Any day. And I will someday over this. I've yeah. I mean, I'll rewatch Ever After again at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. It will be I, a I while before like I do after. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and yeah, so I'm not done with the story forever, but I'm done with retellings of it. I can tell you that much. Like, we don't need it again. Yes. And I think this goes back to, like, the just lack of original material out there. I was like, how many yeah. – ver- and I know it's because it's public domain and all that stuff, but, like, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just like how many please, times and please know more yeah it was it was a lot and it makes me wonder i mean i guess money but what billy porter i mean i guess oh they, billy I probably mean, saw it as it, i liked that it was a kind of i don't know if it was a genderless role or what you want to call it but i like that it was like a role that we've always seen played by a woman yeah and you know in the last however many years i mean it was whitney you know yeah. <laughs> it's like so yeah. you know but so i it, it was probably Pushing, pushing some boundaries, I thought, and that kind of thing. So I'm sure Billy saw that as like an opportunity, like, oh, let's, you know, this is cool. Let's oh do yeah, this. I but... don't, I don't fault Billy for being it. I don't fault yeah. anyone for being in it, except James Corden because he produced it and he's a monster. But yeah. I, <laughs> I, you could clearly tell that they had Billy for maybe three days max. You know, oh, one day for VO, one day for that, and they spent. Such, I appreciate that they spent so much money on that sequence. Most really of the did, budget, though, yeah, yeah, and that was in the, the trailers. The, and I was yeah. like, this was to trick people like me into considering watching this. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, no, Billy the, Porter um, is that like a fairy godmother butterfly? All right, like, yeah, <laughs> the construction of the. I didn't like. I w- I could have done without the transformation from butterfly to fairy. What was it? Fair, fairy G. Fairy G. Oh yeah, fairy, yeah. yeah fairy, but uh, I. The construction of the dress was cool. Like, I mean, it was like, yeah, that, and sure. it looked decent. I was like, okay. I was like, well, spent money on this. Yeah. Well, everything, it's so, okay. I, I said this in my review of it, but it's so funny because we talk so much about sets and green yeah. screens and Shang-Chi, it felt like a 50-50, right? Where I was like, oh, clearly there are some sets for this and clearly there are a lot of sets that are built into green screens. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. fine, whatever. And some locations. Yeah. Sure. Clearly, they actually probably filmed on location for a lot of this. I was like, oh, they went to some town in Eastern Europe, I bet, or something like that. Because there did look like there were sets, but everything felt so, so, so cheap. So cheap. Yeah, yeah it did. It was like, I, I thought that too. And I was laughing because I was like, well, I'm always over here complaining about things not filming on sets anymore. <laughs> and then, like not doing location. So I was like, well, at least I, I you know, I like that they, they committed to that, I guess. And it's, you know, it's kind of, it reminded me. I liked the film better than than you and Jackie did. I remember, but didn't like love it. But the Christmas movie, the holiday movie last year with Forrest Whitaker, what was that one? Oh, Jingle Jingle, I, Jingle Jingle. It reminded me of 
the feel of some of that as far as what the sets like the quality sets yeah. look like it felt like. And both remind me of Greatest Showman in a way where I think that we have Greatest Showman to thank slash blame for what's happening in musicals. I uh, and I like Greatest Showman just fine, but I just oh. mean like this whole kind of. I mean, it's you know, it's it's not great, but I like I enjoyed it. Oh, I hate uh, it. for what it was, but <laughs> but either way, it this whole kind of like let's get back to the elaborate dance number and this and that and blah blah, blah and it just kind of felt I don't know when looking at musicals and stuff. Not that it needs to be compared to others, I guess, but. If I look at like a summer where I've watched musicals, I'll take in the heights any day over anything like this. Oh, you know, yes, <laughs> obviously. I mean, but again, I'll take Cats over this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you already said it. Yeah, you, the movie that broke the yeah. world. You'll take yeah. it over this. I'll take yeah. Cats over this. Oh, apparently they filmed in the UK. Maybe they went to like a small English town. Either way, okay. actually that makes sense because some of the throne room scenes, I was like, you were allowed to film in one manor room. You yeah. rented one room and you got one setup, and that was it. Yeah. And this is clearly. This is very, uh, I mean, I don't want to end on such a downer note because it was truly a brutal film to watch. Yeah, it was, it was hard because I, again, like I said, I was bored and I really, I really considered, I didn't do it, but I think I would have been totally fine if I had, I really considered fast forwarding through parts. Oh, I can because every scene would start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, well, I, yeah, you know me, I have a hard time doing that. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you and I are not the quitters. We, yeah. Yeah. But every scene would start and I'm like, okay, I know exactly what this is going to be and what we're going to get out of this. It was just so, I felt like I wrote the movie in some hell (laughs) I was living in or something. Cause I'm like, I just knew every, cause it was just so painfully just regurgitated and predictable in every single way. Yeah. Please. I, I agree with that. Well, it was way too long. Also that. And it was not that long. And I was just like, make it stop. Make it stop. Yeah, 10 minutes was too long. Five five minutes was too long. I mean, honestly, just the first scene. And I was like, no. Because yeah. she's singing. And I was like, no, she's like, carry, oh she's supposed to carry this movie. You're like, what have I done? What have I, yeah, why? why? And I will say, as much as, again, I like her totally fine in real yeah, life. Yeah, like As far as the singer goes. Her voice, though is not going to be one of those ones that's for everyone. It's very whiny and it's very kind of, you know, like she can sing, but she's got, there's very much a quality to it that like I could see you like or you don't like. I would never, ever have picked her as a singer for a lead in any musical because it's just not, it's not musical voice. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not the, it's not that voice. But not only that, you could pick someone with a, you know, um, divisive voice for a movie musical but they have to be able to act up close because that's what you're doing with a movie. Well, right. Yeah. Hello, why are you making it a movie if you're not going to use the close-up? No, no, it's true. And it's just like, you know, obviously to be an actor, but but to choose, okay, we're going to pick this actress, whatever. And I think she's very, or the singer to be an actress, I think she's very popular with youth, uh, a younger audience. And so I think that that obviously is who this was geared toward, which is fine. I, there were some jokes that were a little adult, but it was for the most part. I was like, okay, if, if kids watch this and enjoy it, I can accept it, I guess. And I, I, yeah, I don't begrudge anyone it, but I'm just like, there are so many better Cinderella options for me. Yeah, there certainly are. I mean, we've watched four this year. No. Yes. Or three, yeah. this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> three this year. No, alone, no, so. I would pick any of the Cinderella options we watch over this. Oh, 100%. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, I would pick the original Disney. I would pick, I'd pick the 1950s Roger and Hammerstein. I'd yeah, pick Brandy. I'd pick, you know, what the what we said. Yeah, the one that I like the best. What do you yeah. call it? Maybe just ever after, <laughs> I'd pick yeah. that. Yeah. No, it, it was it was a rough rough watch, and so I I do not recommend it unless yeah. you nope, really just, no. really really love her. I guess I don't know because it's just like if listening to her sing jukebox songs would make you happy. 
Yeah, I get, but then, like, if you. if we're appealing to the youth, they're not going to know or appreciate Janet. That's the Queen. thing is most of these songs weren't very The old people songs. <laughs> like, there was, like, an Ed Sheeran song on there, I think, which was maybe one of the newer ones. But other than that, we were, like, Madonna, Material Girl. Yeah. And stuff. It was, like, we were going... We were going some. We were going back, and then I think there were like a, a couple original ones or one original one. I think Adina sang an original one. I think so because I was um, like, we can't have all these people in this film and not. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know what this song is. So <laughs> either I haven't heard it, or but it makes sense because I saw. Wasn't it written directed by uh, Pitch Perfect? Mm-hmm. And so I was Kate like, Cannon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay. That's kind of tracks. Like I enjoy the Pitch Perfect franchise. Fine. I don't think it's amazing. I, I think it's funny. Yeah. Cute, I mean, yeah. Is, but, yeah. You know, but if yeah, I think that. If this is all we're going to be doing, it's just these kinds of uh, movies. <laughs> maybe we should reconsider. Maybe that. maybe we should just not. Maybe we should not. Maybe we should reconsider choices. Yeah. Know, well. Not to be too mean, but. Uh, no, this is our kid. Well, <laughs> at least we got Shang-Chi to, yeah. to mark our year of. Of some of some some torturous ones. Some this is how the universe works, right? Though they give you this some is. really high, big highs come with big lows. Yes, yeah. We've had a, we've had some weeks where we've had only lows. So this is true. This is very true. And I mean, I, we did kick things off with. I mean, it is really, really, truly fitting because we did kick things off with Mulan and yes. New Mutants. But I was going to say that's what's this is like the good versions of both of these things melded together. Well, what's interesting is, like, I was going to say, like, that was our first and, like, you know, we talked even in that one about representation and stuff and how Mulan, there were, there, you, Mulan could have and should have been. Yes. Essentially this. But, like, yeah. you know, could have yeah, and should have yeah. been this thing, you know, that, that, like, really was great and showed great representation and all this, whatever. And it had some things, but then it had a lot of really No, it did not. It. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I, it, it's nice that a year later we're getting, we're seeing that. The studio can do it, even though it's different studios. But you know, <laughs> it can be done. But well, it's, I mean, it is, but it's not right. It's still like yeah, you that's know what I mean. Like a, like you know, there's a power that be, there's a shared power that be somewhere in the, right. the reporting chain. So exactly, yeah. Yes, so and like, and then they they agree. So would you uh, would you pick New Mutants or Shang Chi, Matt? <laughs> for sure, New Mutants. No, uh, of course Shang Chi. I love Shang Chi. I um I still very much am uh, appeased by New Mutants. A year uh-huh. later, I will say I still I'm like happy. It, I'm but, happy for you that. But. It doesn't, I mean, I don't put New Mutants on par with this. I don't put it on par with Black Widow. I don't put it on par with, you know, most things that I, would be very that I love. I would send someone you know, to check like on I don't. You. Yeah. yeah it's, just, it's just like one of those, like, it's going to become one of those things in history that'll just kind of be one of my, like, guilty pleasures that no one understands, but I just enjoy it. You That's know? fine. And you and, do you. you know, I will be I happy will. for you with that. I will continue to do so. Yes. Well, and we will continue to talk about it as we continue this adventure. Yes, yes, very much. Well, thank y'all. Yes, thanks so much. Thank you to Matt for joining. Very excited that we could mark our one year of roundtables with a good movie for once. And now, so many follow-up points. All right, here we go. So the last Marvel origin story we had was indeed Captain Marvel, and that was in 2019. Aquafina's character of Katie is a brand new character. It's not taken from the comics. And by the way, the director, Destin Daniel Cretton, did say they are a strictly platonic friendship, which is a relief to hear. There is not a definitive answer on when exactly Shang-Chi takes place. Some Marvel executives had said at some point they might reveal it, but based on the events of Homecoming and the blip and all of that stuff, it's safe to guess that it takes place somewhere maybe between 2023 and 2025. As for Morris, 
Morris is based on the Di Jiang, which is a mountain god patron in Chinese mythology. Apparently, it is one of several mythical beasts featured in a Chinese classic text called Classics of the Mountain and Seas. I guess other versions depict the Di Jiang as a divine bird, but there's a, an illustration, an old illustration, that does look like the Morris that we see in Shang-Chi the movie. And also, I just wanted to make it very clear, because I mumble through this a little bit in the episode, but... But Sir Ben Kingsley is English, but his father is of Indian descent, which I think exempts him from being considered white in this movie. And now for all the Asian characters in the MCU, and I'm going to limit it to the movies. And it's also a little complicated because it depends on how you define Asian and how you define the MCU. You know, are we including Spider-Man Sony movies? Yes, we are in this case. And also, technically speaking, most of these characters are aliens who happen to look Asian and are played by Asian actors, but you've got, as I mentioned, Hogan the Grimm from the Thor movies, played by Tadanobu Asano. You've, you've got Palm Clementif as Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. You've got Gemma Chan as Min Irva in Captain Marvel, and then she's double-dipping, as she will be in The Eternals, as Cersei. You've got Michelle Yeoh also double-dipping because she plays Alita Ogord in a tiny role in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You've got Dr. Helen Cho, played by Claudia Kim, who creates Ultron's body in the Age of Ultron. She is in that movie so briefly. That is one of the characters from the comics that they did bring over, but I don't even know if you can count that. You've got Dave Bautista, who's half Filipino, who plays Drax. And then this is where it gets complicated because, okay, well, how much of the of the Asian diaspora are we including? And then you've also got the Sony Marvel films, aka the Spider-Man films, where you've got Kenneth Choi, who plays Jim Morita. He appears as one of the Howling Commandos in Captain America the First Avenger. I think he's had like one line in the bar scene and then he plays that character's descendant uh, who is the principal in Spider-Man Homecoming such a minor role and then you've got Ned from Spider-Man who is played by Jacob Batalon who is a Filipino American I know it sounds like a long list when it's read out that way but really compare it to the rest of the MCU where almost everyone the default is white right like you've got the Black Panther folks and and you know you've got maybe a couple other black characters here and there you've got Falcon and you've got Rhodey but but again, we can do so much better on the representation front. And then this discussion point came up while we were talking about Cinderella, but the ancient one in the comics is originally a Tibetan man who they turned into a Celtic character played by Tilda Swinton. So anyway, thank you so much for joining. If you liked this episode, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.